Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. While you're turning, let's open with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can set aside time for you, and we pray, Lord, that you would meet with us here to guide us through your Scripture, that there would be no confusion, but that each one of us would hear what you have for us, that we might be able to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 10, starting at verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. That description is of somebody who owns the sheep, who knows them, approaching the place where they are pinned, where they are kept up, and someone opening the door, and this owner, the shepherd, is out ahead of them, out in front, and it paints a picture with the word follow, that the sheep are behind that they hear his voice and they follow him where he goes. He contrasts that picture of somebody climbing up over a wall, going in some other way than through the door because they're not the owner, they're a thief or a robber, that they would be climbing up some other way. And in there, like it says in verse 5, a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers." The first indication that there's something wrong is that this person is climbing up over a wall. They're not coming through the front door like the owner does every day to feed us, to take us out to pasture. But what do we want to get to here if this idea of of following the voice of God? That's what Jesus says in verse 4, that the sheep will follow him, and here's why, for they know his voice. When we think about being followers of Christ, followers of God, does this enter into your mind? Do you really think that God talks to his people? In here he's using the, 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 the metaphor of a sheep. But do you think of that? Do you think, well, that God just, he wrote some things, we read that, and then, well, we just follow what we know, these are the do's, these are the don'ts, and we just try to meet up with him someday. This paints a picture of he's out there, day by day, to lead us, to have communion with us. And this makes it sound like it's literal conversation. He's talking about his voice. If you think about what he's saying here, is the sheep could be blind. In, in effect, in a way, they are. But he's specifically saying they know his voice, and that's the one that they follow. First thing that jumps out at my mind of reading that is, this does not describe God as somebody that is behind you, with a stick or a whip trying to drive you somewhere. If you've been around livestock, everybody knows some animals like that. Some you can't get behind to drive them. You have to get out in front and lead, and they will then, they're calmer, they're more relaxed, they see what they're going after, or they hear, and they'll follow. And God is this way a lot. You'll see in the Bible that his actions many times are very strong. There are things that God does through his actions that cause the world to tremble. However, when he speaks, it really is different. You remember when Elijah went to Mount Horeb 
And he got up there, and he thought he was the only prophet that was left. And he needed to talk to God, and God met him up there, the same place where Moses was. And Elijah went up there, and he, God said that he would talk to him. And he, when God was there, the Bible says that the, uh, there was wind, wind so hard that it rent the rocks. Now that, that's quite a windy day. There was an earthquake, there was a fire, but the Bible says God was not in the wind, the earthquake, or the fire. But after all of that, after his actions, the visible part of him, then he heard a still, a small voice. And there's something to learn from that in our day. If we're going to hear from God, if we're going to hear from God, what should we be listening for? What should we expect? Because, you see, if you're expecting the wrong thing, it's hard to hear it. You ever seen, listened to somebody on the radio for many years and had a picture in your mind of who they were? And then you saw them make a television appearance. And even though their voice was coming through, you didn't even recognize them. Your mind wouldn't let you associate what you're hearing with that face on TV because you had a different picture. Now that's kind of in reverse. But what Jesus is talking about here is we follow his voice. When we hear, Jesus used the word know. They know my voice. Now, all of us have a little different voice. Modern technology even has voice print. I'm an identical twin, so I have somebody in the world that kind of sounds like me. There are times when my kids will say, will tell me, Dad, you sounded just like Uncle Jeff there. We may exclaim something a certain way. We may be surprised and I may have had a reaction just like my twin brother, and they will say, that sounded exactly like Uncle Jeff. The reason that they're surprised is we all, all of us, have a different voice. We all recognize someone's voice, even in a different room when we can't see them, over the phone. Jesus said that we know him by his voice. You see, I take the Bible kind of literally. That seems to indicate that he would Talk to us. Now that part right there, that's difficult for a lot of Christians. You, you really think, John, that, that God would talk to us? Look at verse 26. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now verse 27 kind of has all the points we're trying to get across tonight. Number one, that he does talk Number two, we should be able to recognize him, and that is how we then follow him. If we're going to talk about hearing from God, we, we need to have some biblical examples of what it should look like, what, what, um, what are things that should come across as being normal if we're going to be followers of Christ, followers of God. And... Maybe one place to, to start with is just to think about all the times the people that are mentioned in the Bible, in the Old Testament especially, they're usually there because God came and talked to them. You think with Adam and Eve in the garden. God met with them. He walked with them. He told them, all these trees you can eat, but don't touch that one. When he, it was a specific command. When he came to talk to Noah, the Bible says that he gave Noah very specific instructions. He even told him numbers. You make the ark so long, so wide, so high. He gave very specific dimensions, mathematical ones. And he even told him the kind of wood to use. 
What about Abraham, the next person in the Bible? What does God tell him? Abraham, you get out of here. You go into a place that I will tell you of. You leave this country, leave your family, and when you get there, every place of the sole of your foot shall tread, I'll give it to you and to your descendants. He told Abraham to go to a specific geographical place on earth. So when God came and talked to Abraham, he had very specifics for him also, and that, in, that involved a place. Think about Isaac, Jacob, David, Samson's parents. He told Samson's parents that you're going to have a baby. and They couldn't get pregnant, but now you're going to have a kid. And they gave specific instructions. While you're pregnant, don't touch these certain things. Don't eat these things. When this kid is born, don't let a razor touch his head. Don't cut his hair. Raise him as a Nazarite. They gave specific instructions. Maybe one of the best is Daniel. Daniel is in captivity in Babylon, and he's praying to God. He, need, he wants some answers. And God sent the angel Gabriel to him. And what did Gabriel, as information, have for Daniel? Some of the most specific Bible, uh, information in the Bible. He told Daniel the exact time of when to expect the Messiah. After a certain number of years, once you have this starting point, you start marking it off. Of course, he wouldn't be there. It'd have to be handed down to other generations. But the Messiah will show up so many years after the command to go back and restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Gave him the exact amount of time. You see, I draw from that that God is willing to talk to us in our day about specifics. Specifics, like, Lord, been dating this person for a year. Should, should I be thinking about marriage? Maybe when it comes to a job, should I really pick up and leave what I know, my family, my church, or should I move to that place to go accept something like Those are specific answers that I think we can get information, we can get confirmation from the Lord. Jesus said, they'll hear my voice, they'll know me, I'll know them. Let's think of that idea of just about hearing God, because most of us don't associate with, how do I know God by what I hear, that I know His actual voice? See, the Bible paints a lot, uh, taking information in through the ears and also through the eyes. Think about all the times when you get information through your eyes and how it's almost always negative. The Bible tells us about Adam and Eve. How did they get in trouble? Well, they ate, but they weren't walking around, in, around that tree because they were hungry. The Bible says they saw. They saw it. They saw the tree that it was good for food. They first saw it. And you know, when it comes to food, you don't have to be hungry to be tempted. You ever been on an airplane or someplace where they're serving food and maybe you're on a diet and you're doing great? You're not even thinking about food. But all of a sudden, somebody walks up that aisle with a tray of ice cream and they give it to the person sitting next to you and your eyes look at that chocolate stuff and your memory starts going, I know what chocolate ice cream tastes like. And by looking at it, within 30 seconds, you got a spoon in your hand lifting that stuff to your lips. And you, it never even crossed your mind, hey, could I have some ice cream? You didn't ask for it, but when they brought it by, when your eyes saw it, that's when the temptation started. The Bible says that how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith, which is a great thing, biblical things, 
Most of the time they come through our hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And Jesus is saying here, to follow me, you need to hear my voice. My sheep know me. They'll know my voice. And again, I'm belaboring that point because there's a lot of Christians that don't even think that way. They get up in the morning and the last thought they would have is, well, God's going to talk to me today. Now, I need to be careful. I don't want to put across to you that you don't brush your teeth until you hear God talk to you, or you don't buy a loaf of bread or that blue dress until you hear God tell you. I'm not saying those kind of things. But God can, He does, and He will talk to you. So that raised some questions. Well, how does He talk to us? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. The book of Hebrews. What does it look like, feel like, sound like when God does communicate to us this way? Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, God who at sundry and in, excuse me, at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now that sundry times, that just means different circumstances, times long ago, in various manners. He's describing there the Old Testament time. And what he's saying is that in all those different circumstances, how did God usually talk to his people? How did he communicate to the whole group? He had prophets. They had an office where God would anoint somebody, set them aside, and they're going to work for me. And when they talk, I'm going to talk through their mouth. And there was very strict instructions. If those guys ever got it wrong, that was the last time they got it wrong because they stoned them. They killed them. So that guy wasn't guessing. He had to learn how to hear from God and to talk. But this describes that in those times, he talked to those people through the prophets. Look at the next verse. He hath in these last days spoken unto us. How? By his son. Now we started in the book of John. How does the Gospel of John start out introducing Jesus? John chapter 1, verse 1. How does John introduce Jesus to the reader? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he's describing Jesus being from the very beginning, but he uses the language that he was the Word. You know, one way you can look at the life of Jesus, he was walking, those footprints in the sand were the manifestation of God's Word to us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that verse in Hebrews 1, verse 2 says that he's talked to us now in these last days through his Son. doesn't mean that we don't have prophets, we still do, but primarily he talks to us in a, in a, in a daily manner through His Son, which is the Word. Now, what's that mean? I mean? If we just walked out the door right now and shut service down, we would probably have a lot of question marks overhead. What, what, what does that mean, that He talks to us through His Word? Well, see, you can just plop your Bible down sometimes and open up, and God can confirm things to you. I'm going to give you a, a, a few examples that are just from my life. That doesn't mean that this is how it happens for anybody else, because that's one reason God knows us. He, he can deal with you different than He does with me, and especially through different Scriptures. But He can confirm things. There was something that I wanted in my life that I was praying for. But there were 
obvious obstacles in front of me that I could see that, well, you could just identify them as people, that person and that person. There was two or three people that were just kind of in my way. And, you know, you in the flesh, you kind of have the, the instinct, the, the desire to go just tell people, you know, that guy's bad at what he does. Get him out of here. That person shouldn't be there. Try to, on your own, remove those people. But I'm, I'm not necessarily a confrontational person, but anyway... In reading in the book of Joshua, once when God talked to Joshua, he told him when he was to start leading Israel, he told him, listen, I'm going to do for you what I did for Moses. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's what he told Joshua. I'm telling you, reading that, I I didn't have to read any further. Something came over me and it just implanted in my heart that God would take care of the people that were standing in front of me. So he told Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you. And in a short period of time, God one by one removed these people out of position and put the one person that kind of likes me in position that might choose me for something. And God did that. That, that was a confirmation to me through the Scripture that reading something that had just to do with Joshua, but God's able to let me see how my life is impacted in the same way. He can do the same thing with you. Maybe you have a, a question about a relationship. Maybe you have a question about where you should be living. A question about what church to go to. God can confirm all those things. He may implant something in your mind, in your heart, that you've never heard anybody else say, and you think, that's, that's kind of strange. You may wake up with a certain phrase going through your head. And as soon as you turn the radio on in your car, that phrase just got repeated. Then you went to the store, and somebody in there said the same thing to the person two rows over, but you heard them. And when you got to work, somebody had this written out and printed over their desk. It was just strange how it was confirmed. God can do things like that to get a message to you. We once, when... Kids started showing up. We decided, I was a twin. I, I had so much fun growing up as a twin that we wanted to have twins. It's also, you get there faster if they come in twos. We just prayed, and we didn't tell anybody. We just prayed for twins. See, I, I know one thing. If I, if I tell my mother something along those lines, the whole world knows by two in the afternoon. The whole world. So we didn't, we didn't tell anybody. We didn't even tell anybody that we wanted to have any more children. But we prayed we would like to have twins. A couple weeks after that, we had to go over to Wilbur area where we were at a baby shower, uh, something like that, to a very close friend. And there was somebody who was going to be there that I had kind of grew up with, hadn't seen maybe once or twice in 10, 12 years. We're in the parking lot. We get out of the vehicle and she got there the same time. Vehicle stops. I hear the door close and she comes almost running over to us. And say, hi, hello. Man, I haven't seen you in 10 years. You've grown. He said, I could not sleep last night. I had a dream. I had a dream that you guys are pregnant and you're pregnant with twins. Now, that person didn't even know that we want to be pregnant, that we're trying. And if we do, that we want to have twins. There's no way she could have known. By her own testimony, she was not even serving the Lord at that time in her life. God can use Anybody, not to us. We just kind of looked at each other and small smile. That's that the Lord tapping on the shoulder. See, I know. And I know how to 
communicate to you that I hear what you're saying. A month later, see at that time we didn't know that we were going to have twins. A month later she goes to the doctor and when she came home she had a smile on her face. Guess what I found out? I'm telling you, that day I will remember forever. That was such a concrete example for me that the Lord hears. Now, we'd never heard an audible voice. We were not walking and we heard, wait, wait, stop, did you hear that? There wasn't any of that. God didn't arrange the clouds in the form of T-W-I-N-S. There was none of that. So how did he communicate to us? Well, that, that, see, it's, it's, it's very specific, but it's different in all circumstances. The Bible says in Acts chapter 7, verse 23, that it came into the heart of Moses to visit his brethren. Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house by Pharaoh's daughter. And when he became 40 years old, it just came into his heart, that verse says, to go visit his brethren that were the slaves out there in the fields. And so he went out there. But you think about that. How did Moses end up out there? Why, how, did the, how was it communicated to him, go visit them? The Bible simply says it came into his heart. Now, does that mean his physical heart that squeezes blood, those ventricles? That's Bible. That's King James language for the spirit on the inside of you. It came into his heart. God can talk to you about anything. And when he initiates it, he can confirm in any way so that you know. That you know without a doubt this is, this is God's doing. And I'll tell you, you want it to be by the hand of God because then you're totally at ease, at rest because just like that Jesus describes, that voice that you're following, I know the voice. See, if you're following the shepherd, you know he's going to lead you to green pastures, somewhere where there's flowing water. You don't worry. I wonder if he's taking us to a wolf's lair. You're at ease. When God's involved with something, you relax because he makes it happen in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine or think. He's that good at it. Let's turn to John chapter 14. Go back to the Gospel of John. John chapter 14 and verse 25. Jesus, talking to his disciples, he's getting toward the end of his ministry here. He knows he's not going to be with them forever. Verse 25, these things have I spoken unto you. He's talking to them. They're hearing his voice, but look what he says. I'm being yet present with you. Now, what's the first word in 26? But. In other words, he's changing directions. So he said, I'm here with you, present right now, and this is what I'm speaking. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus is saying that I'm leaving this earth. I'm not going to be here with you forever. But, I'm not leaving you here alone. When I go, the Comforter, whom the Lord will send in my name, He's going to come here. And what's, the Holy, what's one description, job description, of the Holy Spirit in verse 26? He's a teacher. How does He teach us? He says that He will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The words of Jesus 
the words in the Bible God will use to teach you what you should do, what direction you should take. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us, leads us, and this is why you need to be sensitive when you read your Bible. It's one reason why you have to be a reader of the Bible. You see, he doesn't say here that he will force this, these words into you. He'll bring back to your remembrance the things that you've already read. The words of Jesus, the words of God that are in this. You can be at a doctor's office and you receive a certain report. Maybe it's, maybe it's not so good. And immediately the Holy Spirit can bring to your remembrance a time in the Bible where one of those great heroes of faith got some really bad news. But they maybe, like David, encourage themselves in the Lord. The Holy Spirit can put things in your mind to talk to you. And He's really good at that. He is a teacher. You never find in here where He has a whip and a chain or a cattle prod where He's trying to push you forward. The Bible always describes Him as out in front, as a leader, and if you recognize the voice, you'll know exactly where to go. This is why I think you need to be sensitive as mature Christians, all of us, to have these experiences of when God does intervene in our life, recognize it. Recognize God gave me that information. Don't just think, yeah, I I thought of that one. Because the Bible teaches us, don't lean on your own understandings. You see, there are things that can come into our mind and our heart that come from us. Or from the devil. The devil can speak into your mind. Hey, I think you should have your neighbor's spouse. See, that doesn't line up with the Bible. We know that, well, that that wasn't God talking. So we know that was either me, my flesh, or the devil. We don't trust every thought that comes into our mind. We challenge it. We stand guard at the gate of our mind like a sentinel walking back and forth. And when a thought comes in, is is that of the Lord... Is that from the idiot me? Or is that from that liar, the devil? Don't lean on your own understanding. You commit your way to the Lord and He will bring it to pass. So when something comes into your mind, into your heart, we get good at being able to follow the voice of God by, does that line up with, did that come out of the Bible? Is that the same voice that speaks to me when I read His Bible? Read His Word. And that takes a little bit of practice. But God is really, really good at this. He knows how to confirm things to you because, see, you're you're the only one that has this information. That example of you wake up in the morning and there is a certain phrase in your mind or, or on your heart. Pastor often describes a situation where you wake up at three in the morning and you're wide awake and there's a person on your mind. Pastor always describes that as you you need to roll out of bed and go pray for that person. That it's very likely that is God enlisting you in His help for that person. Go pray for them. He puts things on our heart. The Holy Spirit, He will teach us. I I keep going back to, in this thought, to all those people throughout the Bible who received very specific instructions from the Lord. Very specific. 
When God comes to talk to us, it's not, it's not always just general things like, hey, I'm out here. I do exist. Everybody had, most people have at some point in their life a question, I want, is God really out there? And they ask for a confirmation. And God can do that, and he, he will do that. But once you get to know him, as Jesus describes here, my sheep hear my voice and they know me, he will lead you specific places to do specific things. And for that, it takes a little maturity. It takes a relationship. You know, after a while, you, the person that you're around every day, you really do, you recognize their voice. And part of that voice just gets imprinted in your mind. And what we're talking about is having that voice imprinted on your spirit. Because I, I'm not talking about the audible voice. I think I can say I have never heard an audible voice. And I think most people would be in that category. However, God can, just like it says there about Moses, it came into his heart to do something. You can tell kind of when something doesn't come from you. Kind of against your nature, it's against your your pattern. You normally don't do something like that. When those things come into you, into your mind, into your heart, you need to go to the Word. Go to the Lord. All right, Father, if this is you, help me walk this out. God has a way of doing that. You'll be shocked how there will be already somebody walking up the sidewalk to your doorstep to confirm something. God knows all these things in advance. He has a way of just bringing the mailman by. Somebody calling you from years ago. You opening your Bible to a scripture that is now describing your situation. And God can talk to you through that. Over and over. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that these, this idea of you talking to us, of leading us by your voice, we pray, Lord, that it would become real to each one of us, that we might be able to follow you to wherever it is that you would lead us. We pray, Lord, that you would give us strength and courage. Help us, Lord, as we go through our lives throughout this week to be a follower of you. Help us to be sensitive to your voice so that we might live according to your precepts and to do the work that you have for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.